about something else here this morning. Uh, the, the Bible says in the book of Nehemiah that the people had a mind to work. So that describes the people of Bethany Community Church, right? So as many of you know, uh, we sold our downtown building where our offices and youth ministry was, and uh, we're, we're moving into a temporary location at the Big Lots uh, Plaza down there. And right next to where we used to be in the Blessing Barn. So we, we've signed a three-year lease. So during that time, we're going to figure out how, what, how we can move all of that back here. But uh, so anyway, we've, we've been, been delayed in getting this project going. And we're really behind on where we need to be as far as getting, the, uh, the, getting it done. So we've got uh, first step is we've got to do the framing. We've got to frame the walls. We've got to do a build-out. So... Uh, we need, uh, we need some, to know if some of you are skilled framers. Uh, you know, if, if you built a shed one time 20 years ago, maybe, you know, maybe not. But um, a skill, you're a skilled framer. You know who you are. If you're a skilled framer, uh, we also uh, are later we're going to need uh, skilled uh, drywall people and some and skilled painters uh, if, you're, if, you, if that's in your bag of tricks. So um, we would, uh, if, if, you're, if you're somebody who says, well, I, I got some time, but I, I need to get paid. Well, talk, talk to us about that. We might be able to even help you there. But we're looking for volunteers primarily. And um, uh, you can go on the app. If, if it's not up there this morning, it will be there in, in, within hours. The latest tomorrow morning that will be on the app where you can register and let us know. Either, either go on the app and register and sign up or is it there, Steve? Yeah. It's already there. Well, our, our, our tech team, Shane Sullivan, is really good. <laughs> we just told him a few minutes ago, let's get it on the app, and he went back there and did it. I don't know, how do they do that? I don't know. We couldn't run the world. We, we have to love our young people because we couldn't run the world without them. Right? right? We love them anyway, even if they weren't that helpful. <laughs> Right, but um, any, anyway, if you're a skill, uh, skill framer, skill painter, uh, what else did I say? A skill drywaller, then and go in there and f- fill that out, uh, or come and talk to Jay or I. Come and talk to Pastor Jay or myself after service and tell us I'm I'm, I'm available. If we don't need everybody who signs up, great, we'll, we'll save you for the big building project we're going to do here. <laughs> God bless you. Hey, I'm excited about a new series today. It's called Going Where We've Never Been. And I kind of want to turn the corner a little bit. We've been talking, as, as I felt we needed to talk about where we were, or the culture, where we, where we are uh, socially, um, politically, and we kinda, I, I kind of got that out of my system. And uh, hopefully you were, you're helped to understand. I do believe the church is supposed to be uh, an interpreter of the culture. I really believe that's an important role that sometimes we forget because we're so concerned about personal blessings and personal salvation, which, which we should be, right? And th- so we want to kind of get back to that today. And I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I believe I have a bottle of water over there. If someone could find it for me, I think it's right there. I sure would appreciate it. <clears throat> let's, read, let's read it. How about let's read it out loud together? That would sound good. We'll try to, I'll try to create a cadence that we can all follow. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Think about that line. Now unto him that is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to the power that's at work within us. That line is telling us that Christ has agreed to dwell within us for the purpose of accomplishing things we haven't thought about yet. We haven't imagined yet. and Which means he's there to take us to places that we've never been. Some of you... Relate to this. Some of you, if you were really totally honest, you've never been happy. You've never been joyful. You've never been enthusiastic. Some of you never been able to pay your bills on time. Some of you have never really had reasonable control over one or more of your appetites. Some of you have never launched or engaged in a successful venture, business venture or otherwise. Some of you have never had a lasting and and, and, uh, uh, meaningful relationships. Some of you have never engaged in purposeful or meaningful ministry to other people. Not condemning you for it. I'm just saying that's the case. Some of you have never had good physical health. Never had good emotional health. Now, I, I don't just... See, just because I don't agree with some so-called prosperity preachers and gospel con artists who will promise you all these blessings if you send them $1,000. <laughs> Just because I don't agree with them doesn't mean we don't believe that Jesus wants to show up in your life in power and do things that he, you have never imagined could even be possible for you. Amen. Right? And that Jesus that I want to talk about this morning, I'm going to call him a first-time Jesus. Today's message is called a first-time Jesus. And I want to tell you a few things about this first-time Jesus. The way it looks, last Sunday I preached too long, and this Sunday I'm not going to do that. So say praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But you never know. You never know. Listen, let me tell you something about this first-time Jesus. This first-time Jesus that I'm going to talk to you about today and want to introduce to you in the next three weeks is a Jesus who shows up in oppressive, difficult, and complicated times. Mark 12:37 says, And the common people heard him gladly. Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes and Pharisees, these rather the scribes, who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplace, the best seats in the synagogues, and the best places at feast, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. That's the environment that Jesus showed up in. You know, that, that, there's nothing wrong with a small dose of what 
what they're calling today critical theory or critical political theory to examine what it's for, what that is for, is to examine the abusive, abusiveness of current power structures. And uh, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's a good thing. But there's a, uh, but there's a lot wrong with believing there's always a purely political solution. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. In other words, this first time Jesus is not worried about the conditions in which he finds us in. He's not worried about the difficult, complicated, maybe even oppressive, maybe even abusive. He's not limited by the conditions that we're, with he finds us in. The conditions don't have to change before, before his power to work. That's, the, that's what I'm telling you today. Those condi- Jesus shows up when we are, the, 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 the Jewish religious system had become dysfunctional, but they were still God's chosen people. Also, the Jewish people were underneath the boot of a tyrannical government in the Roman Empire. And, and it tells us a couple of things. First of all, culture always moves toward ungodliness. And secondly, Christ shows up in every expression of culture to show himself strong in behalf of the faithful. Always. Jesus had arrived at a time in history when the populace of Israel were under the double oppression of Roman rule and Pharisaical rule. And you know, you know what has happened throughout the providence of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. It sounds like Jesus didn't say, well, I have to wait till these political conditions get better. I have to wait till Rome's not being tyrannical. I have to wait till the Pharisees aren't being Pharisaical. <laughs> I have to wait. I have to wait till, till things get... Conditions aren't, just aren't right for me to save the world. I just can't do it. No, no, no. Jesus said, you know, it's always the right time for me to show up. It's always the right time. Amen. It's always the right time for me to make blessing on the lives of people who will believe in spite of the circumstances, who will believe in spite of what's going on. It's always the right time for a Jesus moment in your life. This morning, I want you to take your eyes off of the world for, for at least a few minutes. And I want you to focus only on what Jesus has for your life. A little sanctified selfishness. That's what we're going to do this morning. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, What no eye has seen and no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Those things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth everything, even the depths of God. The culture, the politics, and the world system is the wrong place to look for answered prayer. Human flourishing and satisfaction anyway, right? The Bible says, Peter stood up, and this is the first sermon that was ever preached in the church. And here's how he, here's, here's, a, here's a portion of that sermon. With many other words, see, I know you, you look at Acts and you think, I wish, I wish Pastor Phil could preach as short as Simon Peter. Well, the whole sermon wasn't in the Bible. Just, just, <laughs> Because it says, with many other words. You could say that about me. With many other words. He warned them. And he pleaded with them. Listen to what he says. 
This is in the first century. Some of you think it's just never been this bad before. (laughs) Think again, my friend. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. I guess the Holy Spirit just didn't have to check with the emperor before he could start his church. (laughs) You didn't hear me. I, I said, I guess the Holy Spirit didn't have to check with the emperor before he started the church of Jesus Christ. I feel like a lot of us are like this. We're like, well, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So I guess we're going to have to just put our trust in God. <laughs> I, I, it's so bad, I guess we're just going to have to pray. That's how bad it's got. It's so serious, we're going to have to seek God for revival. In other words, if we could get a godly, here's what we're, here's, here's what we're saying. In other words, if we could get a godly, religious, liberty-affirming, sin-restricting government, we wouldn't have to pray and draw close to God. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) We should pray for godly governance, absolutely. Absolutely, because righteous governance creates justice. It minimizes human suffering. It releases us to religious liberty. The Bible says we're to pray that we could live, live quiet. We're to pray for those in authority so we could live quiet and godly lives in all holiness. It does release us to religious liberty and uh, glorifies God. But we're never supposed to make divine intervention dependent on a political structure or the character of a political leader. Isaiah 34 kind of says it this way. When God brings judgment on the world, he said, I will make boys their leaders. Children will govern them. Listen, I wake up every morning mindful that my king is Jesus who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. You just wait. The historical record of Christians in 2021 will will still be Acts 10, 37, and 38. Jesus and his followers went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That will be the scripture written about the church later for 2021. And 20 and 20 and 2021 will be that God's people, the presence of Jesus, went about in this world doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That will be the headlines in heaven. Our first time Jesus still offers first-time miracles and satisfaction of our deepest longings. Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. That was the first time that ever happened. In John 9, Jesus gave us a, a man back his sight who had been blind from birth. He saw for the first time. He didn't see that coming. <laughs> hey the world is starting you know comedians are going out of business in in the world today you know that comedians are going out of business because nobody laughs anymore everything offends everybody you know in Acts Peter and John healed a man who had been lame from birth 
Never walked before. Jesus invited Simon Peter to walk with him on the water. That was a first. You know, sometimes we go looking to see, can I find that in the Bible? Well, that's a good thing to do, to see if you can find it in the Bible. But God may do something for you that's not even in the Bible. God may want a miracle in your life, work a miracle in your life that you've never heard of before, that nobody's ever heard of before. The Bible says God's ways are past finding out. Hallelujah. Jesus invited fishermen, a tax collector, a political activist, and a mystery man to be his closest disciples and the founders of the kingdom of God on earth. And if, if you, I'm sure we've talked about this before, that those were men who had been overlooked by the rabbis. The other traveling rabbis had overlooked these men and, and, and they had no idea that they would be chosen to be the founders of the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus is also a first time in a long time Jesus. If you haven't been happy in a long time, some of you haven't had friends in a long time, some of you haven't had purpose and meaning in your life in a long time. Some of you haven't paid your bills on time in a long time. Some of you haven't had a friend for a long time. Some of you haven't been happy in your marriage in a long time. And it's been so long, it seems like never. And Jesus wants to take you where you've never been. He wants to take you where you don't even remember how it feels to be there. There's a marriage or two or three or four in this room which hasn't had harmony or peace or intimacy or joy in a long time. It's a distant memory. It might as well be never. But Jesus is a first-time Jesus. In Luke 13, Jesus cured a woman who had been crippled by demonic spirit for 18 years. In John 5, he cured a paralytic who had been an invalid for 38 years. He might as well have never walked, right? I'm positive that the father who brought that little boy that demons had possessed, who had robbed him of his speech and times threw him into the fire and he brought them to Jesus, I, I, sub, I can pretty well guess and I suspect that little boy had never been, quote, normal until he met Jesus. Jesus showed up as the Word of God or as the, we use the Greek word logos, the logos, when according to history the Jews had not heard the voice of God in 400 years. They had never heard the voice of God until they heard Jesus speak. That's why, you know what they said? They said, never a man spoke like this man. Aren't you glad we have a first-time Jesus? Aren't you glad that there's hope for you today to have what you've never had and to go where you've never gone and to be what you've never been? Christ dispatched the Holy Spirit to manifest Him on earth as recorded in Acts chapter 2 in a manner that had never been expressed before. Jesus didn't tell them, this is what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit shows up. This is how it's going to look. There was no Bible verse they could even go to to say, this is what it's going to be like. There was no directions. I took Ellie to McDonald's the other day and she got the Happy Meal and I I told her, well, we can't get the toy out till you eat. And she ate, and she said, I want the toy. And so pull out the toy, and she goes, uh, she takes the toy. She said, give me the directions. <laughs> and she took the directions and put the stickers everywhere they went. Say, hey, God's, God wants to do something in your life for which there are no directions. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna write the book. <laughs> 
You're going to do it and write the book. Kirk Talley, years ago, I heard him tell a story about a young woman who came up to him whose life was in disaster. And through their ministry to her, she began to follow them around to their concerts. They were a southern gospel singing group, the Talleys. And he wrote a song about her, and I love the words. Where do I start, she started. I remember well a life of disappointment. She just had to tell her words were cold and bitter. She grew angry fast. I could tell she needed Jesus to get her past her past. How can I get beyond it? I listened as she cried. She said, I've moved away to start again. I failed at all I've tried. You see, I blame this man I knew for the way I have to live. How can I get beyond it all? I said, you must forgive. You can get past your past, the chorus says. You can walk away from painful memories. Past your past, you don't have to walk alone. You can stand upon the Word of God. Your yesterdays can be gone. Let Jesus bring you past your past so you can go on. What a great song. Also, our first time Jesus still empowers us for first time righteousness and personal transformation. Let us not make the mistake of putting Christ's power in leading us to greater personal holiness and transformation of our personalities and even deliverance from sin uh, and giving us Christ-like character. Let's, not, let's, let's stop putting that in a different category than physical healing and financial blessing and the, and the granting of dreams and visions. You know, here's the deal. When you allow Christ to empower you to live a life of greater humility and purity and greater righteousness, and you allow for personal transformation, this one thing, let me tell you, this one thing will absolutely be true. And that is this. Your change in behavior will be someone else's answer to prayer. Your change in behavior will, will, will cause someone else's dreams to come true. There, there, there's, a, there's a spouse or a child or a parent or an employer or a pastor who will rise and give praise to God <laughs> when you humble yourself and you repent of your faults and flaws and sins and you let God sort you out and straighten you out with His power. When I resist, resist the sanctifying power of Jesus, I'm always without exception. I'm causing pain, inconvenience, and discomfort for a divine image bearer. So rejoice when the Holy Spirit, who is the earthly messenger of the heart of Jesus, who resides in the heavenly realm at the right hand of God's throne, rejoice when He illuminates one of your shortcomings one of your faults, one of your sins, just as much as you would rejoice over a promotion, a new condo, a new transportation, or that position or thing you've always prayed for. What if you let Jesus illuminate you and empower you so for the first time you became a person who wasn't habitually angry, complaining, lustful, harsh, domineering, Overly defensive, prideful, boastful, divisive, lacking in resolve, irresponsible. I saw a space 
few days ago that someone who professes to follow Christ, and that's not my place to ask this question that, but they left the space so bad. I know, you know, there's probably someone here this morning, you've never left the space better than how you found it. I want to invite you to a place you've never been. To do what you've never done. Can I invite you to that? To that powerful life of doing what you've never done before and just shocking the daylight out of people that love you. I will guarantee you, if you let Christ transform you, more of the world, listen to this, more of the world will open up to you. If you let Christ transform your attitude, your behavior, Take away your offensive ways. More of the world will open up to you. And some of, those, some of those big ideas and dreams and visions and promotions and material blessings that you want, you'll be surprised how they will open up to you because you don't know who's closing doors on you. Because they're not coming over and telling you. They don't, they don't want to bother to come over and tell you, well, I was going to give you that thing. I was going to open that door for you. I was going to just bless you, but you're just too sloppy. <laughs> no, they're not going to tell you. You've got to get divine revelation this morning. Right? I will guarantee you, if you let Christ transform you, more of the world will open up to you. I guarantee you. Beyond what you can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within you. You've got the power to change. It's very likely that someone is closing the door, but they want to open it. The empowering message of Christ throughout the Holy Spirit is the hope that I can stop becoming more like myself and start becoming more like Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's, I got that from a note that I found in Jason's room when he was a teenager. And he wrote this note. It said, and I can't remember it verbatim. I don't know if Jason will remember it. But it said something like, I've got to stop becoming more like myself. <laughs> so that, I said, I read that note. That, that is profound, man. That is profound. <laughs> Here's a promise. Let me read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Here's a promise we will all love our lives more when we go where we've never been and become what we've never been. Here it says, if you want to enjoy life. That, I read that this week. I go, wait, wait a minute. I don't, I've read that verse all my life. It never stood out to me like it did this week. If you want to enjoy life. You mean the Bible is a book about telling people how to enjoy their lives? Wow. How, how have we missed this? If you want to enjoy your life and see many happy days... Keep your tongue from speaking evil, your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Now, that's not an exhaustive list, I'm sure, but that's a partial list. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter into the full light of day. 
That means God's people and God's people who trust him, if you will begin to trust God, turn your life over to Christ, new vistas will be constantly opening up to you. New opportunities, new things will be constantly opening up to you. Ideas, inspiration, opportunities, spiritual and wonderful emotional experiences will be constantly opening up to you. So, in conclusion, going where we've never been is sometimes about correction, sometimes it's about inspiration, sometimes about a new opportunity, but it's always about trusting Jesus. Often, a lot of times what we think will destroy us are the things that will help us move us forward, right? Many of us have to be shaken up in order to give into the call of God, Sadie Heron says in her book, Journey into the Unknown. Finding the courage to move from where you are to where God wants you to be is what I'm challenging you to, to embrace today. What I want for you to experience is a deep down joy to be able to say with holy pride, for the first time in my life, I am fill in the blank, doing what I was created to do, free from my addiction to drugs, porn, rage, selfishness, money, able to receive correction without quite so much defensiveness, not dreading checking my email or snail mail because of the collection notices that used to be in there. For the first time in my life, I'm not hooking up with people who are going to emotionally abuse me and make my life miserable. For the first time in my life, I'm going to stay in a good church and not have to constantly move because of some petty difference or hurt feeling. Sandy Heron, in her little book, Journey into the Unknown, talks about Jonah and how Jonah obeyed God. And if you don't know the story of Jonah, you can read that in 20 minutes this afternoon. Go read the book of Jonah in just three or four short chapters. But here's what she said, and I want you to get it before I close. Many people were saved because of Jonah's obedience. There are people waiting on our obedience too. They're waiting on us to write a book, to film a movie, open a restaurant, to defend them in a courtroom, to sing a soul-stirring song, to bring life back into their favorite sport, to deliver a prophetic word from God, or simply to be their friend in a foreign country. We are the perfect candidates for what God has called us to do, even if we do not always know it. I can't promise you some magical prosperity that some promise, but we just can't ignore 1 Peter 3.10, which says if you want to enjoy your life, that would be a place that someone under the sound of my voice this morning has never been, or at least hasn't been there in a very long time. So I want to invite you, I want to invite you to put your hand in the hand of the Jesus who turned the water into wine at Cana, who gave a blind man back his sight, who healed a lame man who had been lame from birth, who invited a disciple to walk on a raging sea, who called fishermen, tax collectors, political activists, and a prostitute to be leaders in an eternal and transcendent kingdom. There's nothing impossible with Jesus. I want to do something that, and, and Christy's going to come and pray, but I want to do something that you, you don't have to participate in this in order for God to bless you. I never want to do that. I never going to say, if you don't stand up, if you don't come down here, no, I don't believe in that kind of God. But I feel like there are some people here today that if you gave physical response 
to what the Lord is saying to you this morning, that it would, it would create a connection with you. And, and one, one, one thing about physically responding is you can always tell the devil when he says, you did, nothing happened to you yesterday, you can tell him, yeah, but I stood up. I went down front. God took me at my word. So I want those, there are, there are a number of people this morning that the Holy, I've know, I just know the Holy Spirit has spoken to in the last 30 minutes. And you need to go where you've never been. And you, you had a very clear picture as I begin to talk about it this morning. I may not have mentioned your example, but you had a perfectly clear picture of where you need to go and what you need to become that you've never been before or you haven't been in a long time. So long that it seems like another lifetime ago. And if that's you, and you believe that Jesus will touch you, and you believe that the power that's working in you can be, can be activated right now, and when we pray, I want you to stand up. So just stand up if you are ready and you want God to touch you. Thank you, Jesus. Christy, I'm going to invite you to come and I want you to pray over these people. And uh, I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to flow through you to them. And God's going to do something wonderful in their lives. God, we just have come before you today with faith in the knowledge that you knit each and every one of us together in our mother's womb. That you had a plan for our lives, that you have a dream and a vision for our future, that we would be a part of your kingdom. And I thank you, God, that because of your grace and your mercy, because of your, your love and your sacrifice for us, God, you, you don't give up on your plan and on your dream for our future. There's, in this room, there's probably every different type of mistake, every different type of derailment of life, but God, you are merciful. And we thank you for your word, God, that's a light to our feet that is, is shining a light on where we're to go and what we're to do. And I pray, God, that we would just recognize and claim our redemption as your kids. And God, have faith and believe that as we, as we step out in faith, as we do the things you're asking us to do, we do those, some of those hard things that God, the power of your Holy Spirit, God, is, is building your kingdom through the simple acts of our life. And we thank you for that, Jesus. God, I pray for that person in this room today who feels discouraged and feels like giving up, that there's no point. And I pray, God, your Holy Spirit would just remind them that you are our advocate, that Jesus is before the Father today interceding on our behalf, that you are for us, Jesus, we thank you that you came to this earth and you just showed us this beautiful story of, of gathering these messy individuals, these guys that, and women that just made a lot of mistakes. And we just thank you for that, God, that we get to see that, 
that you choose us. You know us. You know our flaws and our mistakes and our faults, and you choose us. And you want to show us a better way. You, want to, you are leading us to follow you so that we can have the things that you've planned for us. And we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.